Do you want to be where the people are? Do you want to venture in the great wide somewhere? Maybe you just want to build a snowman. Or you want a brand new episode of Doing Disney as we count down our favorite five I want songs. Theme song guy. On this podcast, we let it go. Because Hakuna Matata and the bare necessities will always be our guide to infinity and beyond. All it takes is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. We know that life is better under the sea. Because on this podcast, we do Disney. Hi there. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Kelly Meehan, and welcome to this episode of Doing Disney. Today we have another Fast Play 5. If you ever watched Disney on DVD in the mid-2000s, you may remember the selection menu with Fast Play to skip straight to the film. So we honour that and skip straight to the five favourite cho- choices of the topic. Today's topic is one of the first brainstorms I had because it's one of my favourite almost sub-genre of, of song and music. We've had the countdown about villain songs, so now it's time to switch it up with the I Want song. For those not familiar, it's a term that's originated in musicals. Basically, the main character of the film sings about how they may be unsatisfied with what's happening in their life and what are all their hopes and dreams and what do they want. We usually see it towards the beginning of the film and it sort of sets up our introduction to the protagonist and what do they truly desire. So I have two amazing special guests with me today. We have Hannah Keeper and Nikki Baldwin. Thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. Yes, um, I'm very excited to be here as well. Um, I love this topic and I'm excited to get into it and hear your guys' list. Mm-hmm. Start at the beginning. Brilliant. So as it should be said for every Fast Play 5, there are only a no- limited number of spaces and many amazing choices to pick from, so hard cuts must be made. Fast Play 5's come down to favourites, as is every category on the podcast, and each person is entitled to their picks. Just because something doesn't make the list doesn't mean we don't like it. I encourage quirky, out-of-the-box choices because the theory of the podcast is to find out how various people do Disney, so it comes down to personal opinion and how you want to make the list. This is by far the hardest one I've had to make so far. I thought it would be really easy because I've been thinking about it for months, knowing what I'll put where, but when you really start to think about it and all the different ones you can justify as an I want song, it's like, oh, no, I really don't want to leave that off the list because I love this and I love that. But you just couldn't bump anything else. So this one was really difficult because, let's face it, the Disney Renaissance slays this category. Like, there was so many in that short space alone. It, they just really knocked it out of the park. So making quirky, uh, well-rounded lists I found really difficult. So I'm just so keen to see what you guys have picked. Nikki, what's your number five? Okay, so... This is where it definitely got kind of tough because um, as I was kind of talking about with you guys before, there's so many great songs that like I just want to talk about like for any excuse, but I didn't want to stay on topic. Um, so once I kind of narrowed down to the ones that I love that were also in this category, that's where it got kind of tough to like start doing the placements because um, I do have some very strong honorable mentions, but my number five, and I kind of hate that it's as low as it is because my boyfriend loves this song and this movie. Um, but I actually went with Go the Distance from Hercules, which I I love Hercules. Part of me wants to say I love it more than most people, but I think that's not giving enough credit. I think it's very well beloved. Um, and I watched it with my dad actually for the first time a couple of years ago because he had somehow not heard of it. Um, so that was a fun, but that was a fun experience. And just like that whole sequence in the movie just in general when he talks to his parents and tell them that they found him and he kind of goes off like it's just on that emotional level um just him as this guy's been an outcast he doesn't know what's what's wrong quote unquote with him it's just such a sweet impactful song um 
that just builds to such a crescendo by the end, but like it feels earned and genuine. Um, and I've heard some pretty badass covers of it as well. Um, Samantha Barks actually from Les Miserables has a very nice cover of it. Um, but yeah, so that's my number five. Hannah, what are your thoughts on Go the Distance? It's pretty good. It didn't make it into my into into my list, but Hercules is. I'm glad it's getting a little bit more attention these days because you know it first came out, and I I felt like when it first came out, it just was like people just ripped into it. After you know these classics from the Renaissance, it was a different kind of movie. But I'm really glad, especially the soundtrack has been getting so much more attention, and I think it is a great soundtrack. I think it has some amazing songs, and uh, and I really love uh, Roger Bart as the voice of Hercules. Like he totally sells it. He's got this hopeful young vibe to him that just you just you just can't help but root for him when he sings that oh absolutely uh go the distance is like my first honorable mention i hate to say it but if i was making like a full top 10 it would be the number six it was the hardest one to kick off the list because i love this movie uh, i've already talked about this movie on the podcast because i adore it so very much um go the distance is one that i find i enjoy the more each rewatch on hercules and as i grow up because i can relate to it a little more as a child i really love zero to hero uh, all the upbeat songs, the muses I love as well. Like they're my favorite. They've got the best vocals of the soundtrack. And as I grow up and as I start to make my way in the world and that sort of thing as myself, then I start to relate to it a little bit more. So it's like when, you, when you've got a goal that you're working towards, I, I hear the words like I can go the distance, I can beat the odds. All you got to do is like one foot in front of the other almost and just keep that upbeat optimism, which Hercules is so good at providing. And and as you said, that crescendo when he soars on Pegasus out of the Temple of Zeus. Oh, I love that moment. I will beat the odds and it's all triumphant and hopeful and it's great. I love this choice. Hannah, what's your number five? All right. So as I was compiling mine, I mentioned uh, to, to Kelly and Nikki beforehand that mine ended up being mostly uh male dominated it was a lot of guy i want songs which i did not anticipate um and of the five that ended up on my list four of them are sung by uh by male protagonists and so i'm gonna i'm gonna start with my number five which is just just makes me so happy and is so much fun and i love the 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 way that it shows the arc and that's i just can't wait to be king from the lion king which is just just so so much fun um i've i've directed uh, and worked with kids camp versions of this uh, of this show and it's one of just the highlights of the whole thing with all the all the animals getting involved and having a great time and i love um i think it does a really good job with so many i want songs are kind of I like the difference between uh, what Simba thinks he wants and what he en eventually ends up with. A lot of times the I want is kind of a straight shot. Go the distance is what Hercules sings is what he he gets in one form or another at the end. What Simba wants here is in no way what he gets. <laughs> is, is He gets to be king, but not anything like he thought it would be. And I love that it shows us the the difference in that character that we see his sort of carefree like my most important thing is that I don't want anybody telling me what to do <laughs> and then learning that <laughs> actually you know carrying that responsibility can be scary and so I I love the contrast there and it's just oh man when it, that final ending where everything just builds and it builds the tower of animals <laughs> at the very end it's just such a it's such a ride and I love it so much Nikki what are your thoughts on I just can't wait to be king I, I'm really excited um, that's, that that's your number five because that's probably, it's, it's tough. I would say that's probably my favorite Lion King song by a fairly decent margin. I think just, I mean, when we were talking about the song, but like in the movie itself, just the sequence of it, just yeah. the spectacle, it's such a blast. And not to poo-poo on it too much because it's been done enough. 
it also just reinforces why I did not like the 2019 one because it reduces <laughs> them to just walking around in the way they do it in the original like it's just that's the thing it's like you get the message and like yeah it's, it's he's a kid it's like he doesn't really know the world or like kind of the tragedies of it and like what is obviously gonna be in for him later but just in that moment that scene it's just such a blast and it's a fun scene and like I think and I always kind of say I'm not as high on The Lion King as a movie as most people not that I don't love it just not like my favorite of all time um but like even for a character that like yeah like everyone can relate to a lion cub who's royalty but like that is as a kid something that every kid's like has these grandiose ideas of like I want this and that's not necessarily what they get but it's relatable in that aspect so I'm very pumped for that pick it's it's so relatable as a kid like your whole dream is like I can't wait until I'm an adult and I can eat ice cream every day for dinner <laughs> and then you grow up and realize that's not actually <laughs> exactly. what you want to do so it's it's so connected I did buy myself an ice cream cake the other day just because I wanted one though so that was like one of the joys of being an adult like I want one I'm gonna buy one and it was glorious absolutely <laughs> this is a pick nice. I didn't think about until yesterday when I was like okay are there any outside the box ones is there anything I'm skipping over and I'm going through each film I'm like what could count what could count I'm like oh that could definitely count but because I guess it's not that big mm. emotional beat or it's not it's even because it's maybe right. not a human protagonist like it just mm. didn't come into my mind but you, you guys have just encapsulated it perfectly with the joy and the naivete that this um song brings to the film and it's so important to have that early on in the film before we get any tragedy like this is one of the, the most joyous points that we get to see is, and <laughs> all the colors and the animals and everything and upbeat and the Rowan Atkinson interaction as well as Zazu mm. I love it all so this is an <laughs> awesome choice love it my number five one I wouldn't have thought would originally make my list just from the film it's based but I'm going with almost there by the from the princess and the frog I really enjoy this song and just the whole soundtrack, actually. The soundtrack is one of the most glorious parts of this film. There's a lot in The Princess and the Frog I like, even though it's, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but the, the colours and the characters and especially the soundtrack with Randy Newman and that jazzy, the setting of it all, really vibes with me. So Tiana is a character I really appreciate in the Disneyverse. This is a character that is putting in the work, putting in the effort to make her dreams come true, and I think that's really admirable. I love Anika Noni Rose voicing her. She brings warmth and sincerity to Tiana, which puts you on her side straight away, especially from the start when she says, um, I ain't got time for dancing. That's just going to have to wait a while. She goes into that really low, warm register. Like that hooks me from the go. That's why I love the song. She's just got that jazzy warmth to her. So I just love how they flip the animation style as well. I think that's what really stands out in the film. They really kick it back to that art deco vibe to it all and you get to see her in the stunning white dress and bow and just singing and living out her dreams and with the bus boys and doing her cooking and things like that it's just a really great little scene the song is very straightforward and simple there's no peaks valleys or things to it but that's what I love about it because it's just her singing about her realistic optimism like there's a line in it saying um my daddy told me fairy tales do come true but you've got to make it happen it all depends on you so it's still keeping magic and hope alive good things can happen but you also got to put in the work things aren't just ever handed to you like that so i think um the melding of the message with the upbeat vocals and just seeing this character who is working so hard fantasize about what it's going to be like at the end i really appreciate nikki this is your number three why is it on your list oh my god okay so what was so tough about this song is it's probably 
far and away my favorite song of the ones on my list but looking at it as an i want song there were the two above it i think like kind of qualify it more in that category um so that's why i don't have it as high because like you were kind of it's not it's a little bit more off the beaten path of this category but i think it still does qualify oh my god i this is just one of my favorite disney songs of all time and i think it's very underrated there's a guy i know who's like i don't even remember how it goes and i was like well that's your problem because this song like you you hit most of the points but especially just tiana and like her character which i consider her a great character in a good movie um is the best way i would qualify it and that song everything you said about like just her ambition her dreams and because her mom is part of the song itself and i think that also adds a little bit more heartwarmingness to, for it for lack of a better word for me i remember as like i was 15 when it came out and like at that point i was not i was starting to like care about the oscars and i remember it got nominated and when the sequence came off as it ran off the nominees i know it wasn't winning but i was like oh my god I'm cute. it's so fun it's catchy it also kind of has like those ups and downs i do like that animation style i like the quirkiness of it god i, I just love this song so much yeah, as you said, with um, the mum being there as well, it's really, it's got that emotional beat towards the end when she says, I've got child, I've had trials and tribulations, and she hugs her mum because they're thinking about her dad passing. And so like, that's really well done. It's a nice, sweet touch that's not overly saccharine. Like, you've got to be watching the pickup on those sorts of things. So definitely. Hannah, what's your thoughts on Almost There? Yeah, this one, I, I, it's a great song, and I, I just overlooked it. Um, I think what I really like about it is uh, not only does it have this great jazzy vibe to it, which is different from what we've gotten from most Disney songs, but I really love that it's, I think I, I think one of the reasons why I struggled to find female-led uh, songs for my list is because so many of them seem so passive, and especially the very early ones <laughs> where, you know, Cinderella is just dreaming, and since Snowbite is just wishing, and... Um, and even up to some of the later ones where they're just kind of like waiting for something to happen. And I love that Tiana is is actively taking steps. It's not like I want this and maybe someday it'll come to me. It's I want this and I've been working on it for a really <laughs> long time. And the fact that it's so close and that I could almost taste it is like makes that even sweeter. <laughs> the, the, the idea that she has not been just sitting around <laughs> waiting for this to come to her. Um, even though she does get all this extra stuff along with it <laughs> at the end. But like, there's something very special about that I want song because it it comes from somebody who feels fairly like self-actualized and fairly ready. And so she's she's already at like this mature point in her story. And so that makes the rest of the story really interesting. So it is, it's an unusual choice because of that, because it is kind of this, you know, you feel like she's mostly at the end of her arc there. When you get to that point in the movie, you're like, okay. <laughs> and then, and you know, and the way she changes is, does never take away from that. Like that, that underlying strength and determination is always there and always part of it and take what takes her through the rest of the story. Nikki, what's your number four? Okay, so I did say before we got into this that I had a few offbeat picks. And because one caveat that you had mentioned when we were going to make the list was that we could include Broadway and Disney Channel original movies. So mm -hmm. this is probably one that a lot of people are not going to be as familiar with. But my number four is a song called These Palace Walls from the Aladdin Broadway production. So for context, this is a song that takes place, it's sung by Jasmine. And in this version, she has um, a, like three, I would say handmaidens of sorts that are also part of this. And she's kind of begrudging her role as a princess and how she's trapped behind these walls, but she wants to go beyond them. 
there's even a line love comes to those who go and find it like so it has kind of that proactive vibe we were just talking about with tiana and she talks at the beginning of just how the suitors that she's met like they just want her for her her wealth and her royal like her royal status but she wants something beyond that she wants something genuine and it's a really it's it's not like a bombastic song but it's a little bit upbeat it has a fun tone to it and in general i think i could gush about the disney broadway productions all day long and how a lot of these new songs are just so incredible but this is one of them i got to see the national tour of it in um december 2019 so glad i got that in on time before covid (laughs) but it was like one of the best theatrical experiences i've ever seen the original actress who sings it courtney reed um not the one who i saw but on the broadway cast recording is phenomenal she has like such a sweet but very powerful voice i would say like there's a little bit more sweetness to it than leia salonja has but it's she's she's phenomenal though um and this song i i hope i want people to go either see aladdin or at least listen to this cast recording because it's amazing hannah what are your thoughts on this pick yeah, I think that's a great choice. I uh, While it wasn't These Palace Walls, Proud of Your Boy from Aladdin, which was cut from the movie and then put into uh, into the, the show, was in my honorable mentions list. It like ju- it was so close to getting mm. in. And one of the things that I love about the, the Broadway transfer of Aladdin is that they gave their characters I want songs. Because like they didn't really, you can, I guess, maybe count one <laughs> jump ahead as one, but it's not. It's just a practical, like, this is, yeah. this is it's an intro number. <laughs> this is my life. It doesn't actually tell you anything about what they want. And so I love that in the Broadway version, they were like, these, you know, these characters are missing something. <laughs> there, there's, there's something that we can add to them. We can flesh them out more. And I think especially Jasmine, who it's, again, it would be so easy for her to be just a passive character. And, and they really take the, the, the string of independence that they give her in the story where she's venturing out on her own and put it into song form for her. And it's, it's, it's very much, it feels very much in the vibe of the classic Disney, you know, even though it was written 15 years after the, 15, 20 years after the movie, it still has, has that classic Renaissance Disney sound to it. And I think it is a gorgeous song and I think it's a great pick. I like the way you phrase that because I feel that's what was maybe so disjointed about when we got speechless in the 2019 like that's not one that I really gravitated towards. I appreciate that we do see that there was that gap for Jasmine to have a song. And especially because, as, as you were saying, it, it suits the film so much because it feels like that scene in the original where she's sitting in, in the palace with Raja and things like that. Like there were opportunities there to do it. The film's perfect as it is. I don't mind. And at least then we do get these Broadway numbers. But I do mm-hmm. really like this pick. This is mm-hmm. great. Um, Hannah, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is also from a Broadway version of this. Um, I actually ended up with two songs from this one in my big list and ended up putting one in honorable mention and keeping one in here. Uh, what I've left in here at number four is If I Can't Love Her from Beauty and the Beast, which is the Beast's big number of the, the, of the three, uh, of the five songs that made it into my, into my top five. Three of them are very much um, songs that I connected with as a teenager. <laughs> who was a lonely, melancholy teenager. <laughs> and so uh, I love this song. I love the original version of it on the on the Broadway cast. It's just so, so, so angsty and exactly what I want it to be. And I love <laughs> that it, I love that it really brings out the Beast's struggle as the Beast is singing about like, you know, this is, this is my last chance. And if I can't, if I can't love her and if I can't get her to love me, then there's just nothing more I can do. And so him just being like, this is, this is all I've got. Um, and it's it's uh, 
it's just such a lovely, lovely tune. And it was definitely, I made a whole, <laughs> in uh, high school, I made a whole series of mixed CDs that were unrequited love show tunes <laughs> and passed them around to my friends who were also angsty <laughs> teens. And this was like the fourth one I put on the list. <laughs> and so this was just, you know, sit in my bedroom, listen to this and be like, oh. <laughs> so it absolutely, it hits me in the feels. And it's such a pretty song. It's the melody is so gorgeous and it's uh it's just really lovely as so I was happy to get to include it in here. Oh, that's wonderful. This is one I know I've heard, but I haven't seeked out as much. Beauty and the Beast hasn't toured Australia since I've been living back here. So I'm I'm waiting. Hopefully it will. Um, I bet I know it's come up on, on YouTube every now and again. So I, I need to seek it out now because that sounds amazing. Nikki, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh my gosh, it's so funny that you mentioned um like kind of seeing around on YouTube because um they currently have the UK tour of Beauty and the Beast, the musical, going on right now. And they just got a new actor to play the Beast, who I, I hate that I cannot remember his name off the end, but they literally just released a clip out of him doing the performance. And I, I, I'm i sure we probably won't be lucky enough to get a pro shot, but like the way they fr they framed it and staged it, like it was so powerful. And like he did such a phenomenal job with it. So... Uh, I mean, I really wish I could see that production. It has Gavin Lee as Lumiere. So, oh, I could, again, I could geek out about theater all day. But no, like that that's a phenomenal choice because I actually only very recently, like in the past year or two, discovered the Broadway cast recording for Being the Beast, the musical. And again, like I could go on about it, but I love so many of the new songs. Home is one of my favorites. Um, Home was but, my honorable mention. You no, know, like this song. Oh, my God. Oh my gosh, I should have been, I should have thought about home, but no, like I'm I'm with both of you on the song as well. I actually I'm I it's fun to be the only one who really is super familiar with this one. I actually uh met my husband in a college performance of Beauty and the Beast where we were both playing villagers and uh and so uh, kitchen items. <laughs> so this is so I got to sit back here and listen so to this multiple times a week. So I just oh, fell in love. So I love that. So well, I love that we're like really on the same wavelength here because let's keep the theatre Broadway train going and it's one that's already been brought up. I've gone with Proud of Your Boy from Aladdin the Broadway yes. Musical as my number so one. <laughs> it's so good. So oh I came to this song in a really strange way. I love YouTube compilations of piano versions of Disney and video game and Ghibli. Like that's what I'll play when I'm studying. And so I had this big four-hour compilation, mm -hmm. Disney songs and like music box and piano versions and things like that. And this melody kept coming up and it was breaking my focus because I was like, that is beautiful. Why am I not recognizing it? Mm -hmm. And it's because it was from the Broadway production and I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> and so when it came to Australia only a few years later, I, we went twice. I loved it. Um, this is this was definitely the standout for me because this this melody and the lyrics that I finally got to hear go with it just pair so well. Um, and if you haven't seen it, please look up on YouTube. It's called Proud of Your Boy Demo. And they talk about the behind the scenes with Howard Ashman and Alan Menken writing it. And or it is heartbreaking, but beautiful in the same way. And just the lyrics, there's this one line that, oh, we talk about like teenage angsty bits. I've wasted time. I've wasted me. Oh, that is just so, that is one of the most brutal lyrics I've heard. And yeah, I just, I can't say enough. Um, Nikki, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, I, I love this song too. This one, 
I didn't have it on my honorable mentions list. I don't know why it, it didn't occur to me as strongly. I mean, I stand by all my picks for sure, but man, that was, it's an amazing song. And like I said, I saw the production. I remember because it was a little bit of an addition to them putting so much focus on Aladdin having just lost his mother, um, which at first I was kind of like, oh, that's a little weird. Like it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Like they don't really go into depth about their relationship so much. But then they get to the song though. And it talks about, again, his angstiness, his wanting to prove himself because he literally says how he's not perfect like dad or you. And it's like, oh, like it, in so many other contexts, that would be the cheesiest line. Like, yeah, sorry, I'm not perfect, but like you said, it's such a gorgeous, heartbreaking song. My only complaint is I wish it were longer because it's so freaking it's so short. short. <laughs> that is, that point. So, which makes which makes me bum because um, like I I have very few complaints about the musical. Um, I that, if anything, like there's probably some things I would like shorter to make that longer just because I love it so much. But oh man, I'm with both of you on the same page. Yeah, and it's been your honorable mentions. What do you think of this one? It did. It's such a great song. I, you know, I, and I think part of the reason I gravitate toward this is because I'm, um, like, uh, like uh, Nikki is like, eh, Lion King was okay. That's how I feel about Aladdin the movie. <laughs> and part of it is because I, you know, as, as much fun as Robin Williams is, I feel like his character completely takes away from the, from Aladdin and Jasmine. Yeah. And so like, and, and part of that is because, I mean, they don't get the I want songs. They don't get, and they never feel grounded to me. And obviously, you know, that's a lot of what people loved about the movie. But I really like that the that the Broadway musical kind of took that into, into consideration. We're like, is there space for us to actually kind of show a little bit what's going on? And so they're able to kind of ground Aladdin, not just in ambition, not just in a random attraction to this woman, but really kind of give him, they give him a heart that that I don't feel like we get as, we don't get to see as easily in the in the movie. And I, it's such a gorgeous song. It's just so, so pretty. <laughs> every Every version of it I ever hear, I'm just like, this is so gorgeous. Yeah, it was it was my uh my eight my number eight in my unofficial list of ten. It was <laughs> it was it was so close to making it. So Nikki, we've talked about your number three was almost there from Princess and the Frog. So Hannah, what's your number three? All right, my number three. Uh, I had to stretch it a little bit because it happens a little bit later in the story. Um, but I think it's an I want song. It is my only female led I want song in the list, and it's because I love it so much. I couldn't. Oh, I guess I have to say this. I couldn't let it go because it is let it go from Frozen. <laughs> I got intended to, on this podcast. I, I got love to it. that sentence and I was like, well, I can't not finish it like that. <laughs> so, um, this is this is such an incredible song. I, I think Fro Frozen overall, you know, it's it gets it got a lot of uh, backlash for being overplayed and overhyped. I still think it deserves every bit of the hype it got. And I think that soundtrack is phenomenal. And this song in particular, it had, it resonated in so many ways. It was one of those songs that, that really had a life and a, and a cult following beyond the movie. Even people who were not huge fans of the show were, were still finding connections with this. And I think there's something about it that's so, there's such joy in it, in discovering what she wants for the first time. And even though it changes a little bit, even though she realizes she can both be free and have connections to the people she loves, she doesn't have to give that all up. But I absolutely love that she realizes that what she wants is to is to move is to step out of the the boxes that she's been put in and to feel free to be herself. And that's such a resonant theme. Like it it got it. it, it I my friends who were who grew up Christian and, and changed their faith are like, oh, I feel the song. And my friends who are uh, who are uh, in the LGBTQ play uh, spectrum were like, oh my gosh, I feel this song. And so it's just so it's. 
it, it's so good and it's so beautiful. And uh, Adina Menzel, of course, kills it because she's incredible. Um, and I can't sing this. I, I can't sing along with the song. Maybe that's the only reason. <laughs> that's my only complaint with it is that it's it's too hard for me with my low alto voice to sing. <laughs> but it's just it's just so phenomenal. Um, and it offers one of the opportunities for one of the coolest uh, fast changes in all of theaterdom. <laughs> like I watched that video of the of the the quick change like eighty times, being like, this is incredible. <laughs> so it's uh, so yeah. My number three is Let It Go. Right. Nikki, what's your thoughts on Let It Go? Oh, I mean, you, especially in terms of the meaning of the song and how it resonates, like, I could not agree more with it. I will say it's not actually not even close to being my favorite Frozen song, but that just speaks to, like, how great a lot of the other ones are. Again, mm -hmm. it has, has nothing to do with this topic. I love Monster. It's probably just one of my favorite songs, period. Um, but I do know this song, like, there's, there's not much more that could be said about it. Like you said, especially the quick changes, because I have, trust me, I've watched all the Elsa stage actresses perform it at some point. Um, but even just with the movie itself, it is such a cool sequence, like just mm -hmm. her creating everything for the first time, her palace, her dress, which, and, and, and I've seen people nitpicks of about that. Like, apparently, I, re I remember one of the big nitpicks being, like, apparently, like, they mess up the animation when she, like, undoes her braid. I'm just like, who cares? It looks great. Like, I don't know. People are dumb. but They messed no, it up so well because it looks fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Like, holy hell. Like, just the detail, like, in every, like, just their strands of hair. Like, just everything they do with it. It's gorgeous. And, like... What more can be said about Adina freaking Menzel? Like I, and not to be like, well, I, I'm a real fan, but I do, but I do have to say, I was such a hardcore Wicked fan, so I'm just like, I'm glad the rest of the world now knows what I always knew about Adina Menzel. I got to see her in Wicked right after Kristen Chenoweth left, and I was just like, I was so glad that she was still <sighs> there. I was, I was like, right at the table, oh like, my god, like a couple weeks later, and I was like, oh, I was so worried she was going to be gone, but she was <laughs> phenomenal so good uh let it go i'm very big on like what is a pop culture moment this mm. is a moment mm. this song this transcends the film by far everyone knows the sequence the song things like that like as you said even if you haven't seen it you're familiar of it you've seen the parodies of it and yeah it did get that bit of backlash but i remember going to the theater not seeing any of the trailers anything just new disney let's go and just sitting in this theater and this scene of this this woman singing in this snowy mountain about wanting to be free and independent and as you guys touched mentioned it touches on something in the human experience that you just absolutely can relate to what this person is going through and then focus it through the own lens of what's happening in, in your own life so i absolutely love this song it deserves all the praise it gets gets for sure it's it's phenomenal uh, my number three a little bit more cheesy had to do it Mix it up with the songs that are emotional and others that are straightforward and sweet and uplifting. So I'm going to go with A Dreamer's Wish Your Heart Makes from Cinderella. It is <gasps> cheesy, but I love it. Uh, this is the classic era. This is a song that transcends the film in a similar way to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, maybe not as much as, as Let It Go, but it is one that's become a little bit emblematic of the brand, similar to um, When You Wish Upon a Star. Mm -hmm. um, in the sense that we really do associate that classic Disney with dreams and hopes and things like that. And I've really enjoyed learning more and finding out how integral the film of Cinderella was for the um, rejuvenation of the studio 
because nowadays we just think of it always as a classic, but it was so important and crucial in 1950 for this film to come out and be successful and bring life back to, to the, to the um, studio. So I think that comes down to Cinderella being a very sweet and endearing character that is easy to root for. And this song comes so early in the film. And we never talk about some of the um, classic voice actresses, especially the singers like Adriana Casalotti as Snow White and Mary Costa as Sleeping Beauty. Eileen Woods as Cinderella brings such a warmth and joy to the character and, and kindness that, because the animation is beautiful, but it's that voice that really pushes it through. So when she's singing this beautiful little melody with the birds and the mice and things like that, I think it's just glorious. But what I like about Cinderella as well is, is that she sasses the clock. She's like, all right, all right, I hear you. Even he's ordering me around. Like it's just <laughs> very cute and just the um, almost waltz tone that it brings to it. It's just got all that those classic vibes to it that I like. I like that I pair it with almost there because it's very different takes on the same idea. If you can't control your situation, Sometimes just getting through each day with hope and optimism is the win. And I definitely feel that on some days when I'm not being able to be um, self-assured or independent, things like that. It's like if I've just made it through the day being hopeful and kind like Cinderella is, then that, that's just enough sometimes. I like the remake a lot, but I don't think the song hits the same with Lily James. It's a bit of a pale comparison, but the 1950 version I adore. Hannah, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I you know after after inadvertently you know kind of slamming this a little earlier, I actually do think this is a gorgeous song. The melody is so pretty, and I love um, I love you bringing out the, the the warmth and the vocals because those those are so lovely. And what I do like about the song is it's you know it opens right away. This is the first the first time we meet any of them. Some of these other I want songs, you know, you've gotten to know the characters and then they sing about what they want. This one is just like right from the get go. And what I love is that it is so centered on the hope. Um, a lot of times the I want songs are centered on the what am I missing? What I, what I, the sadness, the what do, what do I not have? And she doesn't get into any specifics. <laughs> like she sings the song of hope that is universal <laughs> being like, no matter how you're feeling, no matter how your heart is weeping, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever is bringing you down. So she doesn't, I love that she's not, that she sets that tone of hope and of, of I'm not going to worry about what I can't control today. I'm just going to keep dreaming and wishing and, and trusting that someday things are going to be better for me. And that's, that's really lovely. <laughs> like, you know, it's sometimes that's all, that's all you can do is <laughs> you could just be like, okay, someday, someday it's going to be better. Someday I'm, I'm going to get through this day and it'll be all right. And so I, I, it is a really pretty song and it absolutely is iconically important. I think, I think, you know, putting it up there with when you wish upon a star makes total sense that it's just these songs of just, of just hoping and, uh, and trusting and having faith that somehow things will be okay. <laughs> and I will be okay. Bit of faith, trust, and picks with us, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> Nikki, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this one? I, I I wholeheartedly agree with pretty much every summit you guys have said already about it. It's it's iconic, it's beautiful. It's one that I think definitely has a universality and timelessness to it. Something like this is such a minor bit about it, but even like I I'm a sucker when you can have like really clever original rhymes. I mean, literally heart dream your wish your heart makes and dreams you will lose your heartaches and yeah. it's like oh my god like that's so like that's so smart and it's like and like even just that line it's on the one hand it's like it makes me sad but then happy like that weird crescendo of emotion but i think that's what the most powerful and impactful songs do is when you kind of have that array of emotions that 
you feel when you listen to it, especially when it's that on that level of relatability. And honestly, like I, I love Cinderella. Um, I, I think it's been said to death at this point, but certainly in terms of her character, and I think this song really symbolizes it a lot is that she's not oh the damsel in distress waiting to be rescued yeah she kind like well she kind of is she's a little bit more proactive than i think people give her credit for like you said she kind of sasses the clock where she's aware of what's going on in her situation mm-hmm. like she's not dumb she knows what is going on and she kind of knows what would have to be done to get out of it so i i appreciate her as a character and i do think for for a movie that came out in 1950 which it's crazy how how old that is at this point i i think that holds up i think a lot of aspects of it do hold up well and again i think this song really symbolizes a lot of that nikki what's your number two okay i am so excited this is the first song i thought of when i heard this topic especially when you mentioned sitcoms were fair game so just to paint a small picture okay 2006 i was a an anime obsessed i'm a hipster i don't like the popular things everyone else does um 12 year old and that was the year high school musical came out and i'm just like oh my god this is so dumb this is overrated all these characters are so stupid so if i say i eventually got over that but not i'm not talking about high school musical though i'm talking specifically about high school musical three and a little number called I want it all that is sung by Sharpay and Ryan and is in my by far my favorite number from all three movies and what's funny is like I didn't see it for a very long time until after it came out when I eventually got to all the movies but that number though like is so bombastic it's so silly and over the top and it's basically like Sharpay being herself and like Ryan, like, we know eventually what happens to him. Like, he goes off and kind of starts doing his own thing after being tied to her head for so long. But, like, just in this moment and this scene, just her talking about how all the things that they can accomplish and being on Broadway and, oh, like, they're they're so famous. They can blow Oprah off. Like, it's so ridiculous. But And that's the other thing I think I love about it is it has a real theatrical feel to it because it is so crazy and over the top. Like I said, it's right in the title. She's... Sharpay singing about wanting it all, which is so in character for her as just the diva who I think I think it's fair to say either people love to hate her or they just love her because of how she she just is. But I, I I had to have this song. I just had to. It was like I said, the very first one that came to mind. There's a couple others in the franchise like Fabulous, um, and that kind of apply the same way, but this is the one that really hit with me. Hannah, what are your thoughts on this one? I love that choice. That's so much fun. Um, it's uh, I, I love that you point out that it, it's huge. Like the song is huge, and like, and if you look at the at the you Sharpay and Ryan have I want songs in each. What they have they have bop to the top at the beginning, which is just them with fancy props on stage, and then we have fabulous, which gets a little bit more into like the showing them in these different locations, and then we have this full scale theatrical reimagining of what their life would be like in this future. So it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger with each one. And I think you're right. There's something about I want it all that just makes it like no, the first two were not were not big enough. <laughs> that was not enough capturing what Sharpay no. wants out of this. This this is what we're looking at. <laughs> it, is, it is so much fun. I, yes. I, that's a fun choice. I really like that. 
Fabulous came up on our Disney villains list. So is this the first villain I want song to make our list? <laughs> like, that could be great. But as you said, it depends how you view Sharpay. Do you love to hate her or do you inspire her ambition? Like she's just full on Slytherin. Like it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so that's, that's a great choice. Hannah, what's your number two? My number two, going back to my my angsty boys, um, <laughs> number two is Out There from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. That is also my number two. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Let's talk excellent. about it. Yes. Um, so I think Hunchback is one of the most underrated, uh, uh, not only movies, but Disney soundtracks. I have always said, if you take the gargoyles out of that movie, you have a perfect movie. <laughs> like, those are the only things that I don't <laughs> like in that movie. And if you take it out, it's so perfect. Um, and there's this song is so gorgeous. It's so um, theatrical and big. I love this sort of, like, quiet, sad beginning. And then it, it soars. It just soars and soars and soars as he's in his imagination, imagining what it would be like to be to be free. Um, this and Let It Go actually have very similar, um, they, they both are about, yeah, kind of Un the the joy of unlocking and not having to hide yourself and not having to to, to hide away from uh, and not be able to to be out there to be out in the world and uh and i i just love that it's such um it's such a beautiful song those soaring high notes man they're just oh they're just so gorgeous and uh and they it it, it just the melody is so beautiful it's uh, really it's one of those songs that just hits me hard and it's hard to even talk about it because I'm just like no I don't want to talk about it I just want to listen to it <laughs> so it's uh it's such a good song absolutely uh this one surprised me to be so high on my list but when I knew immediately what my number one was going to be because it's a big obvious one um, I was thinking what other songs are going to make us like well duh it has to be this Hunchback of Notre Dame was definitely not my movie growing up I remember seeing it once as a kid um, but then coming to it later on in life and actually being able to appreciate it because it, it is darker, much darker themes and things like that to deal with. So mm -hmm. it's one I missed, but I've definitely enjoyed discovering, especially the soundtrack. But there were a few of these songs on the five CD greatest hits compilation I loved CD three track four to be exact. Like, I loved this. I would always skip it for a while because I wasn't familiar with the songs uh, through mm -hmm. through the film. So it was just like, oh, Hunchback, eh, whatever, next. But there was this one day I remember cleaning, listening to my iPod, didn't have free hands to skip. So this one's come on, I'm like, okay. And I'm hearing the, the sad beginning with the world is cruel. And I'm like, oh God, what am I doing? I'm trying to clean here. Like this is not the bop that I need right now. <laughs> But then, um, yes, of course, you need that emotional manipulation and things like that at the beginning. Um, but as you said, when it when it really opens up with Thomas Holtz's voice, I was like, what is this? What have I been missing out on? Because soaring is just the absolute best way to describe it. It is the most typical musical sounding songs that I think we have in, in Disney films because it, mm -hmm. it, it gives very much that, that Broadway film in the song because the orchestra as well is just amazing as thomas's voice soars so does um all the orchestra and the strings as like that so especially um if i was in their skin i'd treasure every instance when he really lets that that note go oh it's beautiful and him on top of the spire and they do that beautiful shot i love these disney renaissance shots when they just pan and spin around the character it's it's magical and orange juicing so i just yeah this was a cool 
And it's it's no surprise that it's one of the more theatrical ones. I mean, Stephen Schwartz did the music for for Hunchback of Notre Dame, who you know was was a, a veteran and did you know these big later on did Wicked and these big soaring numbers and that. And so he he knew how to write for these big emotions that had to kind of jump out of these characters. Nikki, what are your thoughts on out there? Oh my gosh, just your description of the scene like just gutted me just now. Like just because I'm in the same boat as you where it was one that was just never really replayed in my household. Um, as you guys know, I'm already like not the most expertish on the Renaissance as it is, but um but no, that was one that like even like for that I just it was never really replayed and I, I really need to rewatch it. It's been way too long, but um, kind of recently, like kind of similarly rediscovering it. Um, I don't know if you guys um, know Evan Hollins on YouTube, um, but she's a cover artist. Oh, oh my gosh. And she she dresses up on top of doing the covers and has an amazing voice um, of, like of so many Disney songs. Um, and she did God Help the Outcast a few years ago. And that kind of, that was my first foray into kind of rediscovering just the sound, mm-hmm. the songs and the soundtrack. Um, and like everything you said, like, I love it when like, not like, not like, a, a, I'm trying to think of the way to describe it. Again, like kind of those crescendos of like bringing in an orchestra, like you like that grandiose feel to it, but it's also earned at the same time. Like, cause that's the thing, like any song can be kind of huge and have like those kinds of emotional crescendos. But like this, well, when you like, you can tell like when it feels earned and like when it, especially when it fits the seat, it's not just there for someone to show off. Cause I think those are like the worst kind where it's like, Oh, this is awkward. And that's like, no, it, it fits perfectly, especially that emotionality. So uh, not one that um, it didn't occur to me just because like, again, talk about underrated. I just didn't even think about it that much, but I'm with you guys for sure. Well, as we're talking about it, like, I I love bringing out that, you know, we talked about this (laughs) anime, this animated scene and keep referring to the song as soaring. And there is no scene that could accompany the song other than him up on top of the of the bell tower and swinging around and looking out and being up above everybody and kind of projecting his hopes and dreams down onto them. And it fits just so perfectly and makes that whole scene so powerful because the, the visuals and the sound are so beautifully aligned. Yeah, mixed with the lyrics of just one day, yeah. one day out there. Like when you really think about what he wants, that is heartbreaking to you. Yeah. We've made it to number ones. Nikki, what's your number one choice? Oh, my gosh. So I'm, not, so I'm just going to make a prediction. I don't know 100%, so I don't want to get cocky. Because if it's not your guys' number one, I feel like it at least has to be an honorable mention. But I'm just going to guess that's at least one person's number one. Because <laughs> it's, I feel like it's the easy choice. But it's like, how can you not go with from, our, from one of the greatest Disney films of all time, The Little Mermaid, part of your world? I see Kelly not. <laughs> that is my number one for sure. That's an honorable it? mention for me. Fair point. Nikki, why is <laughs> part right, of your world number all one? Right. So get to part of your world. Oh my gosh. So it almost like feels weird to talk about because it's like who 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 is not actually familiar with this song and this sequence, but and like I just said, arguably one of the greatest sequels of all time. Um this little mermaid and just and again, kind of going back to what we were talking about Simba, like how he had maybe a bit too overly grandiose 
um, aspirations as a kid who's part of royalty and who has these expectations placed upon him. But like for Ariel, it's like a little bit simpler, more grounded, but for in her world, it's also a really big deal where she she like has all this stuff she's collected and like it's so to us obviously it's like it's so simple like oh a fork cool but like she like she knows what she's used to and she knows what she thinks she wants to see but i mean at the end of the day that's what wanting is is something that we don't currently have whether or not we know what we're getting into and especially like for a teenage girl like her just wanting to kind of be more independent not be um held down by what her father wants and it's just such a gorgeous it's so gorgeous and like something something about the melody it just hits perfectly obviously not enough could be said about jody benson her performance um i don't think anything could ever replicate it but to give credit cards to um i do think sierra bogus Bogus, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but who played Ariel on Broadway. I, I think she's just basically perfect in general, but her, her rendition's also gorgeous. And I and not that I ever saw the production, but just from the videos I've seen, like just the staging of it and her costume is gorgeous. Um, and, and again, not, not enough can be said about the song. And again, just so freaking iconic. Like I said, I, I doubt any Disney fan out there is not not just aware of the song, like has it memorized to a freaking T, especially <laughs> just the sequence. And um, especially like, not that animation was not great already back then, but even just in the ocean, like just the way it's animated and so, and the swelling. And I, I, I love this song. I love it. And apparently you guys too. So that's good to know <laughs> that I'm on the right page. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Hannah, why'd this make your honorable mentions list? Why do you like Party World? Uh, yeah, so it didn't quite make it to the top for me, but it was it was absolutely in the mix as I went through. You are, you're right. It's like the iconic I Want song. It was one of the, it was the first one that kind of, you know, Howard, uh, Howard and Ashman pioneered, <laughs> Howard and Ashman, Ashman and Mencken, <laughs> you know, kind of pioneered what the I Want song looked like. And um, I think that's why for me, so many of them come after that. <laughs> so many of my favorite ones come after that once we realize that there is something really powerful about showing in song what a character wants that's bigger than what they can say in prose um and this song is so beautiful it's so pretty and it's so uh, there's so much longing in it and the way that it uh the the arc it follows where it starts off quiet and then gets like this giant uh this giant crescendo and then gets really 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 quiet again is just so gorgeous and so um, in the moment, very sad as <laughs> she's just kind of like settling down to the life that she thinks she's she's going to be stuck with. Um, absolutely agree. Sierra Bogus is a one is absolutely amazing <laughs> and in this as well. But you know, Jody Benson from the original is also so fantastic. Um, and so when you get two amazing singers <laughs> to perform this song, it just it's just beautiful. So I. I was hope I was even though it didn't make it to my top five. I was like, somebody's got to have this in the top five, if not both of them. Like it's got to be in there because um, if, if it's not in somewhere in that giant list, we've we failed. I think like we need that somebody needs to have that in there, even if it wasn't me in the top five. I was very nervous for this episode. I'm like, if everyone picks the quirky ones, we're not going to be here. Everyone's going to like zig and zag at the wrong time. <laughs> but um, this song, it's it's the instant number one for me. It's a basic choice and I understand that and I'm okay with that because this is in my top 10 <laughs> Disney songs of all time. Easy. When I play piano, this is what I go to to relax. I think it's just it is beautiful notes in it. 
it's by far the one I've listened to the most. I do enjoy the Little Mermaid film a lot. It wasn't in my VHS collection, same as Cinderella, but um, just knowing that this is what brought the studio back again, like how integral and important this film is and this song's a big part of it. I had um, Poor Unfortunate Souls as my favourite villain song. This is the favourite I want song. It's just the bookends to it. As, as you said, I really think... Um, it, it, the soundtrack resonates with a lot of people and having Mencken and Ashman coming from musicals and bringing their sensibilities to the film, they've really cemented the blueprint that we're following today, even just the I Want song, but just the, the structure of it. You've got the I Want song and you've got, like, that big joyous party song in the middle and you've got the villain song and, like, just they've really set how we've moved forward since 1989 to this day. Like, even in Encanto, just watching recently, I can pick out, like, all those little different moments. So it, it's brilliant. Um as Nikki said, they really captured the atmosphere of being under the sea and they've got these beautiful strings and violins that really set it off and just brought this human mermaid experience to it with Ariel and, and Jodie Benson and, and that voice. The little breaks is what I love about it the most and it's what you see the people go to it. So what do you call them? Oh, what's that word again? Like, it's those fun. They brought fun to it. It wasn't just despair and hopelessness. They brought those little moments where you as the audience could participate in it, which I think is really, really clever. By far, we talked about teenage angst before, like, loving this one as a kid is great but when you are that 16 now as an older person when you're like i love me 16 daddy i'm like oh but as a teenager when ariel is um that moment when she's like what would it be to spend a day warm on the sand betcha on land they understand that they don't reprimand their daughters and she sits up bright young women sick of swimming like oh that is the moment for me i know that there's the other parts where she's spinning around and reaching to the surface but that bit where she just sits up looks straight deadpan to camera and you see these big beautiful eyes and red hair and this jody benson voice like that is the moment that cements ariel as a character for me so i just yeah there's something really fascinating about how um about writing these songs we've talked about a lot of these songs being sort of universal and having this this universal resonance and one of the things that I think is so wonderful about this one is that sometimes when people try to write a universal song, they write it by leaving out as many specifics as they can because they think otherwise people won't be able to relate. <laughs> well, every little girl who watched this movie, none of them were living underwater and desperate to have feet and walk on and walk and eat with forks. But they all connected to this song. The specificity made it feel real, made it feel like an actual person's longing and made it feel like like it was written, like it was coming from someone's heart and not just, you know, written like this is going to make people feel sad or this is going to make people feel longing. And there's something about that, that specificity, those little breaks where she does forget the words for things. Uh, that really ground it in her personality in a way that makes it more relatable, not less, which is just really, that's something really special that I think is, it gets lost sometimes. And I think that's something that it does incredibly well. Yeah, they really just masterfully mixed music, lyrics, atmosphere, animation all together. So there's a reason why this scene keeps coming back and being emblematic of the franchise, because this scene is Disney magic, in my opinion. Hannah, what's your number one? I will break from the... So this was the first one I was like, I have to put this in. This is maybe my maybe my favorite Disney song from absolutely my favorite Disney soundtrack that does not get enough love. And uh, I tried for a second to figure out if I could just put all songs from this movie on the list. And then I was like, no, really, I can't. But uh, my number one pick is 100% After Today from a Goofy movie, oh, <laughs> which is incredible. I absolutely, this was for the longest time, like my, my uh, go-to pick-me-up song when I was having a terrible day and just needed the, the strength to like, I'm going to get through it after today. It's going to be okay. 
there's so much. I love all the different characters popping up who all have their own reasons for wanting today to be over. That so it's so you see kind of that he has this connection with people <laughs> around him, even though he doesn't know it. And so there's there's such a, a brightness to it and a hopefulness to it. And but not in a way that uh and it feels like it's negating how difficult today it's going to be. It's just like, a, you know what? I feel awesome because I, I will I will have made a decision one way or the other and I will have made my step forward. It's just it's one that I, I absolutely had on repeat for a while. Just, it's, it's just such a such a joyous song. I love the Aaron Lore as the as the uh, the voice of Max is so good. It's so fun and so goofy. And uh, when they all come in at the end, the whole chorus comes in all singing together. It's just, it just gets my heart. Um, there was a, a live action reenactment of this that went around on YouTube for a while where it was people trying to copy the, the animation as closely as they could. And that became one of my favorite go-to videos when I was just like feeling sad. I would just watch these adults trying to like act out these animated creatures. And it was, it's, it's just one of those like pure joy but also it has that longing. It's that pure excitement and joy and hope and being like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. After today, something's going to be better. And so after today was the, the first one I thought of and then had to figure out where to put in the rest, which are also incredible songs. But I was like, so I so two days ago when you're like, I have my list ready. I was like, oh, yeah, I should put something on there besides just after today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that one. choice. Nikki, what are your thoughts on after today? Oh my gosh, this is, this is, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it. On the one hand, like, I think a goofy movie, which clearly based on my list, is overlooked um, as a movie and in general, but at the same time, everyone I know who is aware of it loves it. So it's kind of that weird beloved, but like, it doesn't, it also doesn't get enough attention as it is. Ugh, that is such a brilliant pick. And I, like you said, the whole soundtrack. Oh, I went through a huge standout phase. Oh my gosh, just because it's such a bop. But that's so that's so clever though. And that's always the best is when you can have like those songs that include and ensembles in a sense, but like it feels natural, like it's not forced and like they all they all actually contribute something to it at the same time, just get the message across. Um Oh my god, that's that's so smart. And now I just need to go back and listen to that soundtrack because, like you said, it's amazing. It's so but good. at the same time, I don't think I, I just don't think about it enough. So I I love that, and I should probably go back and because it's also been a long time since I've watched the movie itself. But the soundtrack, I think, it's almost that, that's the priority. Yeah. <laughs> the movie's fine. The movie's pretty good. The soundtrack is just incredible. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Like people that really love this movie love it, and I think it's starting to have a bit more of a moment because I'm starting to see like yeah. Powerline merchandise and things like that. So like the nostalgia oh, yeah. for it's really coming back. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen this one since when did it come? Was it like '95? So '95, '96. Yeah. I remember seeing it as a kid. Mm-hmm. The pops freaked me out, so I never went back to it. But That's I watched it again. <laughs> I watched it again last year, and it was at this song in the beginning of the film when this started it was like a big nostalgia bomb went off i was like oh my god i remember this <laughs> it was very that like never thought about it in forever but just the, it gave me the feeling straight away what i like about the goofy movie is that um it's it's rooted in the 90s like we don't get a lot of films that are like are disney films that are time capsule of what's happening now but the fashions and the slang and lingo and things like that i oh, i was just i really enjoyed my rewatch of it and as oh, you yeah. said like the soundtrack goes off it is definitely that mid 90s michael jackson-esque pop soundtrack that i really like so this is a, this is a really cool choice i like that as another one uh 
that's it for our top five, but let's rattle off some honorable mentions. Nikki, what do you have as honorable mentions? Okay, so I don't have them as as in as me of an order, but my honorable mentions, a quote which have been mentioned already, um, a dream is wish your heart makes. This is like off the cuff, but I'm going to say proud of your boy because it's so freaking good. I guess it would technically be considered the reprise, but Belle, um, where she talks about wanting to go out in the great wide somewhere. And that whole song is great, but that part specifically, I think is what qualifies it. Okay, but the, the other weird one that was nearly my number five, nearly my number five, and probably one that people are going to be like, what the hell, but is... So I unashamedly love the Descendants movies. I'm not going to claim that they're the best ever, but the one I went with, if you want to add another villain I want song, is from Descendants 3 is Queen of Mean, which technically qualifies because there is a stanza where she says, I want what I deserve. I want to rule the world, which, again, would be so corny in most contexts, but it's delivered like so powerfully and sincerely. It's like, oh, this scene, like it's such a weird scene where it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna be like evil badass right, queen right now. But it's like, yes, I, I'm, I live for this. Rude. Hannah, what made your honorable mentions or the rest of your top 10? Yeah, yeah the rest of my top 10. Uh, we already talked about <laughs> part of your world, proud of your boy and home. Um, Strangers Like Me from Tarzan was my number six. Just, just, I it ended up being bumped <gasps> down partly because I, I'm too much of a sucker for the song being sung by the characters. <laughs> and so that was just yeah. a little bit further out. Um, but it's such a good song. Mm -hmm. And then my number oh, 10 yeah. kept going back and forth. What I really wanted, and I was like, I think this counts because it's like under the Disney brand and it's definitely under the Disney musicals brand, um, was Santa Fe from Newsies, uh, which is just absolutely gorgeous <laughs> and, uh, and big and ridiculous. But if that one, if that one, if that one had made it into my top five and it shouldn't have, a uh, reflection from Mulan was also way up there. It's just, it's such a simple, gorgeous <gasps> oh, little yeah. song. And it's, uh, I like the, the length of it as opposed to Proud of Your Boy, where I wish there was more. I think reflection is just like this perfect little mm -hmm. capsule and you, you get all the feelings you need from this two minute tune, which is kind of incredible. Which, Absolutely. which is hilarious because I'm sure you're aware of this because um, Leia Salonga has like talked about how it was going to be like a whole verse in course longer like originally mm -hmm. and it's written and like she has sung it before um, and, she's, and she was bummed about it but at the same time no I completely agree with you on Reflection is easily one of my top 10 Dis Disney songs all freaking time just really quick I did I remember my other one was Into the Unknown which mm. I love that song so much and I'm the weirdo that likes it a little more than Let It Go, but that, to me, that one just hits so freaking well. Yeah. They really um, pushed that early in the film as well, which is good to see. So, like, they really cemented this as, like, the banger of the, of the movie. So I did like that. <laughs> a few of mine, How Far I'll Go from Moana, Jack's Lament, um, My Descendants pick, Jack's Lament, oh, yeah. Because especially like if, and since I'm dead, I can take off my head to a stage Shakespearean quotation. <laughs> that is my all-time favorite lyrics in any Disney one. Um, my pick from the Descendants franchise, I am a huge Descendants fan, um, is my Once Upon a Time from Descendants 3 with Mal at the end. It doesn't get enough play, but that one when I'm listening to my headphones, like that pumps me up and I feel like that's the spiritual successor to a lot of the big Disney princess songs and I love <laughs> it. Um, the three that were vying for like my number five spot, 
as well, going the distance. We talked Belle Reprise as well because I love I love Adventure of the Great White Somewhere. That is really an I want song and the yeah. flowers bustling around and the wind. It's beautiful. It's just not long enough. It's not. It's hard to make the case for it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, reflection and just yeah. around the river bend, I really, really wanted to make my list. <gasps> yeah, like that one's so good. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's so under, that's underrated to me. Holy hell. For sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's our list. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. This was an absolute blast. I've loved and enjoyed myself so much. This has been such a joy. Where can we find you guys? Nikki, where can we find you? I don't post a whole lot on social media, um, but you can mostly find me on the Flying Cow Network movie battles where I've competed with these lovely ladies in the past. Um, and if you do want to actually go to my mostly barren socials, um, you will find me mostly at Twitter, Instagram, at Egglord Nikki. That's Nikki N-I-C-K-I, like Minaj. And have a great have a great day, everyone. <laughs> and Hannah, where can we find you? Yeah, um, I'm a little more active. Um, but uh, uh, Twitter, I'm uh, purplecow17. I mostly retweet things that are that, that I just find entertaining. I am on TikTok as Hannah Kiefer 47 I post a lot of movie reviews. And I do host a podcast of my own. It's called Somebody Write This. And uh, we randomly generate a plot synopsis and then try to flesh it out into a plausible real story. And it is uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> so if you like kind of crazy, um, off-the-wall storytelling brainstorming sessions, you should definitely give it a listen. Somebody Write This. And thank you so much again for joining me today. And we'll see you all next time. And when you come to the end, <laughs> stop. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Doing Disney. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Doing Disney Podcast and Twitter at Doing Disney Pod.